You're listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, and this episode is sponsored by Exact Sciences. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to discuss how we can personalize our approach to colorectal cancer screenings are Drs. Harish Gagnesia and Robert Baldor. Dr. Gagnesia is a board-certified gastroenterologist at Austin Gastroenterology and serves as the governor of the South Texas region of the American College of Gastroenterology. Dr. Gagnesia, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. And Dr. Baldor is a professor and the founding chair of the Department of Family Medicine at the UMass Chan Medical School, Bay State. Dr. Baldor, it's great to have you with us. And a pleasure for me to be here as well. Thanks for inviting me. To start us off, Dr. Gagnesia, can you tell us why regular colorectal cancer screenings are so important? Thank you for asking this question. As we all know that colorectal cancer is the leading cause of death in the United States and all over the world. And hence, it's important that we do some screening modalities to prevent this deadly cancer. Importantly, colon cancer is one cancer which gives us opportunity to act before it becomes cancer. Because colon cancer develops from polyps, Polyps have a long dwell time, almost 10 years or more. So it gives us a lot of time in between where we can remove the polyps and prevent colon cancer. If you look at the screening for the last three decades, there is a 53% decrease in colon cancer diagnoses. Putting it numbers, it's 550,000 cases. That's a remarkable advancement we have made with the screening of colon cancer. Now, turning to you, Dr. Baldor, how can we help educate patients about the importance of these screenings? It's incumbent upon us to bring this up to our patients and talk to them about cancer screening, about colorectal cancer screening. This is one of those tests that I don't think there's any controversy about. There's some controversies around different screening tests out there, but this is not one of those things. As you heard, this is life-saving. And I actually attest to that in the time that I've been practicing. When I was in training, saw you know, a number of cases of colorectal cancers. In the last 10 years, I've not seen a case. Why is that? It's because we do screening. We do have the advantage of the Medicare annual wellness visit, which is an opportunity to talk with patients of Medicare about different aspects of prevention and wellness. So this is a clear, something to bring forward to them as an appropriate screening test. And of course, we're talking about younger folks too, many who are not on Medicare as the recommendations have dropped for screening. And I think it's just one of those things, people coming in, lots of interest in these days on health and wellness. And so when they're coming in, this is a key thing that we should be talking about because it truly is a a life-saving screening modality that we have available to us these days. And as a follow-up to that, Dr. Baldor, to review, what are the different types of screening methods and how do you approach working with your patients to select the best options for them? So we have these wonderful screening tests, these stool screening tests individuals can do in the privacy of their own home. There are fecal immunochemical tests. There are fecal immunochemical tests with DNA tags on them as well that are available. So these are wonderful tests. Of course, it's true that if it's positive, people will have to follow up with a colonoscopy. So it's important that they are informed of that component of it. But if it's negative, they're good. They don't have to have the colonoscopy. So we really have just terrific screening, safe, easy things you can do in the privacy of your home testing that's available for folks. And so it's important that they understand and hear about these methodologies that are out there. There are kits and things we can mail to them. They don't even have to come into the office to have these things done. A whole host of ways of approaching this. 
But I think it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we're alerting our patients to the availability of these screening tests and then partaking in a shared decision-making with them around which test is going to be best for them, which is going to work out, whether it's their busy lifestyle or their personal preference for types of screening to be undergoing. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me today are Drs. Harish Gagnesia and Robert Baldor about how we can utilize shared decision-making for our patients undergoing colorectal cancer screening. So, Dr. Gagnesia, once primary care physicians like Dr. Baldor refer patients to you, how do you coordinate their care and create an individualized management plan? Thank you for asking this very important question. So, when a patient is referred to us, so there's two different ways of uh, tackling this. One is we can do open access colonoscopy. Second will be patient is seen in the office. I personally am not a big fan of open access colonoscopy because things can be missed when you have not seen the patient. Having said that, the age for colonoscopy now, as you know, is down to 45. And we have many patients who are 45 years old, sending for screening colonoscopy, but not taking any medication at all. They're very, very healthy. So for them, I think open access colonoscopy is a very appropriate thing to do. And we can handle a lot of things over the phone with those patients and get them scheduled. Then most of the patients who have some other medications they're taking, they have other comorbid conditions such as coronary artery disease, diabetes, hypertension, or taking any other anticoagulant medications. We'd like to see them in our office. Also, seeing them in our office gives us opportunity to discuss other GI symptoms as well. For example, if I'm seeing somebody who's a white male having reflux symptoms frequently, have a trunkal obesity, they have about 15% chance of having Barrett's esophagus. And now we can do endoscopy and colonoscopy in the same day rather than having them come back twice, do two procedures, two anesthesia, taking two days off, extra cost which adds to the society. So we can do that. In addition, somebody's having diarrhea, we can also do biopsies and make sure there's no microscopic colitis and such. So once patient comes to the office, we talk about what are the medications they're taking. If they're taking any antihypertensives or medications for diabetes, we talk about perioperative management of those medications. If we need to hold their anticoagulants such as clopidogrel or warfarin, then sometimes we have to coordinate those with a cardiologist as well as patient may have a recent stent or whether we can continue those medications. So a lot of decision-making comes into play for that. The most important thing we talk about our patients is preparation. I cannot emphasize that preparation for the colonoscopy is one of the most important aspects of a clean, effective screening colonoscopy. Because without a clean colon, we really cannot clear the colon. So we talk about that at length in our office visit with the patient. We also go over the risks and benefits. Risk of colonoscopy perforation is one in thousand or so. In good hands, that's very, very low risk. Other risk is bleeding. Bleeding can be 1% to 2%. We talk about that. Risk associated with anesthesia, we talk about that as well to our patients. And as we come to a close, I'd like to hear some final thoughts from each of you. Starting with you, Dr. Gagnesia, what would you like our audience to take away from this discussion? Absolutely. So number one, again, I said before, colon cancer screening saves lives. We have multiple options available. Options are either colonoscopy, which is an invasive test, but a non-invasive test as well. But I would also mention that colonoscopy is the only preventive modality. Other modalities are screening modalities. So if you're ordering, if your patient is doing any non-invasive testing, such as tool-based testing, whether it's a fit testing or a DNA testing, then make sure that that patient goes for colonoscopy because without that, you're not getting any 
if the test is positive, of course. Without that, you're not getting any benefit of this screening modality. It's recommended that patient goes for colonoscopy within three months of a positive test. One other thing which I want to mention is that let's say you have a patient had a screening colonoscopy and that colonoscopy is negative. That patient will require a next colonoscopy in 10 years, but in the intervening period, please do not do any more testing which are non-invasive testing. It's not necessary. It is not indicated. It's not required. And how about you, Dr. Baldor? Any final thoughts for our audience? Key thing I would like to say is these recommendations for screening, the age has dropped. It's 45. Just seeing a 47-year-old firefighter in the office yesterday morning for a physical, and I said, oh, we got to get you arranged for colon cancer screening. He said, I didn't think I was old enough for that. And I said, yeah, you are. We're talking 45. We've always had a lower age for uh, folks at higher risk, but now for everybody, it's 45. So I think that's probably one of the biggest take-home points. The other two take-home points I would say, one is as we do refer people for direct colonoscopies, that it's incumbent upon us as primary care clinicians to make sure that we're counseling people about the importance of a good prep so that they have a good clean colon, which we just heard about. And then the final piece is if you're not interested in whatever reasons, don't feel comfortable with a colonoscopy, there's lots of home-based stool testing that you can do in the privacy of your home to send off. And if that's negative, that's terrific. If not, of course, you will need a colonoscopy for that. So I think those are the key pieces of this. And I'll just come back around to saying this is clearly uh, no controversy about screening for colorectal cancer. We should be talking to patients about this. We should be encouraging it. Well, with those key takeaways in mind, I want to thank my guests, Drs. Harish Gagnesia and Robert Baldor, for joining me to discuss the importance of shared decision-making when it comes to colorectal cancer screenings. Dr. Gagnesia, Dr. Baldor, it was great having you both on the program. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. This episode of Clinician's Roundtable was sponsored by Exact Sciences. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com slash Clinician's Roundtable, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.